the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, January 29th, 2024. I am Seth Liebson. David Dahl is in front of me. Teresa is behind him. And Mr. Bill is to my right. Happy 79th birthday to Tom Selleck. Boy, that hurts to say. Joe Biden. He looks around the world and he sees few enemies. Not in Afghanistan, where he blithely presided over the triumph of the Taliban and taking the country over, even as they killed over a dozen United States soldiers in so doing, and even after telling us the month prior that he did not foresee the Taliban taking power there again. Not in Iran, where he blithely sent the malocracy the same failed reset button Hillary Clinton issued to Russia a dozen years prior as Barack Obama's Secretary of State to a similar result, a revanchist Iran, but not before releasing several billion dollars to the Iranian regime in an effort to pay them the Danagild. In both cases, there was a philosophy. It was not the defense of America and her allies. It was to do precisely the opposite of what the prior presidency did, because the prior presidency was occupied by the Republican Party, and in both the Obama and Biden cases, they wanted to prove they were better. They knew better, and they could do better. In both cases, they failed. Now, it is true that Joe Biden does look around the world and see some enemies. Russia is one of them. But, of course, the reason for that is he and his party fallaciously trumped up the case that Donald Trump was too cozy with Russia. So, again, really the same philosophy at play. Whatever the Republicans did, in reality or invented, we will do the opposite. It is also true what Joe Biden said about his efforts to forestall Russia in Ukraine carried the same veracity as what he said about the Taliban retaking power in Afghanistan. Our sanctions would be crushing. They weren't. They aren't. So while Joe Biden looks around the world and sees few enemies, where he does see an enemy abroad, it is A, only because of domestic politics. Witness how he tried to rally the country to the defense of Ukraine against Russia in his first State of the Union address for what constituted one third of that address. Witness how his entire party tried to graft Donald Trump to Vladimir Putin. And B, with the same level of honesty one would have expected from Joe Azuzu, were his voice projected by the clarity of Porky Pig. One wants to paraphrase Thomas Sowell to point out that when Obama and Biden become presidents, they are a wrecking crew, dismantling civilization bit by bit, replacing what works with what sounds good. Where Joe Biden projects his greatest ire, where he does see an enemy when he decides to take his sunglasses off, he sees the enemy here at home. No, not those that have infiltrated our border illegally, including those on our terrorism watch list, but legal and fellow Americans who carry the identifier member of the Republican Party. Honestly, 
listen to Joe Biden's speeches. In a world where Russia is terrorizing an ally, we keep throwing unaccounted billions to with no decisive result. In a world where Iran is now responsible for at least five American deaths in one month and over 150 rocket attacks on U.S. forces and the attempted obliteration of another ally. In a world where allies everywhere from Asia to Africa are threatened by the Communist Party of China, President Biden uses each and every bully pulpit to blast away, even elevating his voice to a scream at the threat of democracy that comes from Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Those are the enemies to Joe Biden. That is what he saves his energy and sums his vocal cord amplifier for. Over the weekend, for example, Joe Biden used his son, Bo, once again to say he was a fallen soldier and that President Trump defamed him by speaking ill to avoid visiting the graves of fallen soldiers in World War I and World War II in Paris. Sometimes to Joe Biden, Bo was killed in Afghanistan, sometimes in Iraq, sometimes evidently in World War I and sometimes evidently in World War II, all stories that are legitimate if they serve the point of attacking Donald Trump for something there is no proof he actually said. For what it's worth, Bo Biden, bless his soul, died from a brain tumor in Maryland after a two-year fight with the dread disease of cancer. But listen to Joe Biden's speech in South Carolina, or any speech, and listen to what it is about and who it is about that Joe Biden raises his voice to scream about. It is never those who attack U.S. soldiers or allies abroad. It is never about those who infiltrate or invade this country illegally. It is always about each and every time fellow Americans who happen to be Republicans. All of this has three effects. One, it gives Democrats something to fight for and against. Two, it gives our true enemies longer leashes and signals of weakness. And three, it discombobulates the conservative mind. Anent the last thing. If you spend any time on social media, you will see eruptions of the young buying into bits of the Biden philosophy of wishing we had no enemies abroad and that, one, we should not be utilizing our military abroad, for two, it is America's fault when we or our allies are attacked by foreign enemies who want nothing more than to be left alone. Ignored is the knowledge that to our foreign adversaries, being left alone to them means one, doing whatever it is they damned well pleased to their own populations. Two, doing whatever they damned well pleased to perceived adversaries who happen to be U.S. allies. Two, B, aggrandizing more physical land unto themselves that was not legally vouchsafed to them under the laws of sovereignty. And three, putting more of the world into a force of decomposition than composition, more violence rather than less, and thus more war. More refugees with more armaments and more money rather than less. All too, lest we think ourselves impervious, for ultimately also put America herself at risk. Aside from the inverted notion too many here have adopted, that, after all, is said and done, the evils of the nationalists and radical Islamists abroad are the fault of America. One has to ask what the long twilight struggle was all about in the first place, if that is so. Or why the city of Munich is known by people who don't even know where it is on a map or in what country. Does America not have a right to have allies? And if so, do we not have a right to protect them? Or 
do our enemies and our allies' enemies have the greater right to dictate our foreign policy to the point where we accept their dictates as greater and more important and more valid than our own postulates, that their appetites are more important than freedom's survival and ultimately America's. A question now begs itself. If we stay out of world affairs, will others stay out of America? We have empirical answers to that question. The Soviets didn't. Radical Islamists did not and do not. And the Chinese Communist Party does not. So, is there a modus vivendi with these actors if we embrace a policy of maximum receding? William Buckley once put it in these struggles, quote, one side cannot get weaker, except that the other will get relatively stronger. And neither side, barring capitulation in substantive matters, can adopt any measures that will appreciably abate the tensions inherent in such diametrically opposed views about the nature of man and society. In other words, do our enemies grow more pacific, much less weaker, if America is weaker? Do our enemies have less confidence or more confidence in their worldviews if America retreats and recedes and retracts from its own? It seems to me whatever America first may mean in its ever-evolving definition of itself from within itself, whatever America first may mean, it most certainly should mean First and foremost, a belief in Americanism. And Americanism has its enemies. And they do not, as we do, have their doubts. I'm Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Boy, it really ages you when you um, think that Tom Selleck is 79. Boy. Wow. Okay. Let's go to Steve and Tempe. Hi, Steve. Hi, Seth. How's it going? I'm well. How are you? Good. I didn't get a chance to call in last week when the whole Kerry uh, Lake, Chairman DeWitt uh, issue broke. And I've got a different take than what a lot of people I've heard have been talking about, yourself included, and as it relates to that. I listened to that recording, and when Kerry Lake was speaking, I didn't hear a whole lot of surprise or or, you know, just complete, well, it, it sounded like a lot of what she was saying was prepared. And again, I didn't hear a lot of surprise in her voice. Um, I am guessing that she was tipped off to what DeWitt was going to talk to her about when, she, when he came over to her house that day. And I'm guessing, too, that DeWitt was recording 
her at the same time she was recording him. And had she come back with a proposal as he requested, um, that would have taken care of the the issue that whoever it was that put him up to doing that back east, the person with all this money that he was talking about, um, that would have taken care of that because he could have had that recording and said, hey, Carrie Lake is... Um, you know, says she'll drop out of the race if if we give her $20 million. And, you know, so I, you know, again, I just don't, um, I just didn't buy into that. And and the other thing that I, that I wanted to talk to you about related to that was that um, I am having a hard time with Carrie Lake running for Senate against Kirsten Cinema because, um, as much as I like Carrie Lake, and I do like her, I think she's a she's a pit bull. She's tough. She's um, on the right side of the issues. But um, that being even with those, uh, even with that being the case, I just do not see her beating Kirsten Cinema. I think, you um, know, and if I had to, if 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 what she was going to be doing in the future. If I had to pick a uh, position for her in the future as to how she can be serving not only Arizona but the U.S. too, I'm I'm just hoping that when Trump gets reelected this coming November, you know, the best position that I think she could have would be to take over from, for uh, Mayorkas and be on the border because I think she's a pit bull. She's tough. She um, is no nonsense. She knows the the border, you know, having run for governor previously, she knows Arizona. And that, to me, would be the best place for her to to be. But again, that whole issue, uh, that whole recording, that whole thing, something just did not sit well with me uh, related to that. And the other thing, too, Seth, related to that, too, is that the way I look at it, when she's running for Senate for Arizona, she's essentially, it's like a job interview. She's applying for a job to be Senator. Now, if, if I'm applying for a job for a company and somebody offers me a lot of money to not uh, continue on with that application and to apply someplace else and do something else, what's wrong with that? Is that a bribe? No. I'm just I'm just choosing to go another direction because the financial benefits of it are better than what I was pursuing. And so, I mean, making such a big deal about, oh, this guy DeWitt is just like, you know, I, I think he was put in a really, really bad place by some people back, you know, that he represented. And uh, it's unfortunate for him. And... Um, but yeah, that's my. That was my. Let me. Uh, yeah, you put out a lot. And 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 the one yeah. thing you said uh, that I think is um, something we would both agree on for certain is that I always I, and I said this uh, last week. I said, you know, no one knows whether Dewitt may also have been recording the conversation, thinking it might have gone the oh, other I way. Know. Yeah, yeah. No one knows that. It, it, exactly. No one's asked him that. And I'm guessing think. that he was that. Huh? I'm guessing that he was. Yeah, who knows? Who I'm knows? guessing. Who knows? But but okay. let me ask you this question. Yeah. If you were the head of a party, a state party, 
and some out-of-state interest called you and said, I need you to go make a financial offer to a candidate to drop out of the race, would you do that? You know, you know, Seth, that that is a really good question because I, I, I and I hear what you're saying with that. I, I think there's some there's some guidelines and some ethical boundaries that, that were that are definitely crossed. If 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 I were to do that, no question about it. But at the same time, um, you know, the, and, the and money by the way, after, on the QT, so that no one in Arizona yeah. knows. I mean, there's no disputing. Whatever, I mean, none of us can tell what will happen in November, but, but, right. And, 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 and if you do look at the polling, Carrie Lake is certainly at a minimum competitive against Gallego and, and beating him in certain polls. Cinema is a different animal, Mm -hmm. and we can do that analysis in a minute. So she's clearly competitive against Gallego. Cinema has not announced she's running, by the way. She is not mm-hmm. in the Senate race, by the way, for re-election. She has not yet announced that she is, and there is speculation she may not do so. That having mm-hmm. been said, you have a very popular candidate in Carrie Lake. Like her or not, objectively, she's very popular with the Republican Party or a big right. part of it. Would you, right. knowing that, as is the case, be willing to carry that? offer from an out-of-state interest on the QT, confidentially, on the quiet? No, I, I, yeah. I hear, See, I, I hear I what think, you're saying. I think there are I, layers I here. I think there are layers yeah, no. here that make the analogy or the scenario you painted about a job interview just a little bit different and yeah, yeah, makes I, the whole operation a bit more egregious, particularly from a party leadership that boasts that they don't tip scales. That they don't have favorites uh, uh, in primaries, right? Um, yeah, there's so a lot you, more to be so, said. I gotta do. Um, I gotta do my culture and economy update. If you want to push me more on this, you can. I just got to uh, yeah. do our economy update, and you're welcome to either hang up and call back, or stay on hold and say more, or hang up and uh, call another day. Whatever you want, you're welcome to do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. John Dombrowski, he is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. He brings us our culture and economy update and uh, is also uh, uh, able to be reached. And you can learn more about Grand Canyon Planning and what they may be able to do for you at his website, grandcanyonplanning.com. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going, Seth? I overheard when you and young David talk, I only hear half the conversation, which they always say is dangerous. But yeah. I only hear his part, and I <laughs> okay. heard words like Super Bowl, advertisements, cruise ships. Right. Is any of that relevant to what we're talking about today? Maybe. Well, I guess we could talk about all of that. All right. I'm in. It? I mean, what, what, what could be more exciting than, than, than boats and football? Okay, let's talk about boats first. Okay. The the Royal Caribbean, yes, the sir. icon of the seas, was launched. <laughs> icon of the this seas. Week. Is that what they the call it? The icon of the okay. seas. Yes. And this is CNN reporting. Uh-huh. It says that the cruise ship can carry nearly 10,000 people. Okay. So you basically literally have. And, uh, and how many a lobster city. tails? I, I doesn't say, but probably 100,000. Tw- okay. All right. Yeah, All right. 1,200 1, feet long. Okay. 
Uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. And um, I think 20 decks on this ship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you could get a lot of steps in with you if you're wearing your Apple Watch. Yes, sir. Uh, or you can uh, take the elevator, I am sure. Okay. Um, so can you imagine, though? I can't um, even understand. I've been on a few. Uh, I don't know if I, I probably have done a Royal Cruise. Have you? You've you've done cruises, yeah, right? Yeah, I have done Royal Cruise. I, I, okay, yeah. I, I've I had done, good luck with them. Yeah, I've, I've done them and some others. I still don't even understand how they float. Much less, well, that's, much that's, less yeah. have you know hundreds of thousands of gallons of whatever they have. You know, I, just, I don't involved un- somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I just don't understand it. I just uh, don't. because they talk about not that this means anything to us, but it has two hundred fifty thousand eight hundred gross ton uh, weight. So you know, obviously, yeah. How does that float? Yeah, uh, that's fine. I crazy. still don't know how planes fly, so forgive me. But yep, uh, I'm, yep, okay. Yep. But uh, you know, I looked at yes. the stock price yes. today. The stock was down a little bit. Carnival Cruise Lines was down, but overall, the cruise lines have been doing fairly well. So okay. um, it's kind of interesting. I did see though in this article um, a lot of the uh, people talking about because this is uh, actually run on natural gas, uh, propane or LNG gas. Okay, liquid natural is what this sure. is. This is on. Uh-huh. And now they're saying how that is worse than fossil fuels. <laughs> of course, right? So you just can't win. You can't win. Um, but from a perspective of, you know, people are going back, uh, you know, traveling. And, uh, yeah, they so got this hit is, hard on COVID, right? Obviously. Yep, they really did. But yeah. uh, these stocks have done fairly well over okay. the past couple of years. So right. um, it's just interesting to see, you know, should, what's going to happen. Should we do a you, listener it, cruise? You and I? Uh, you could. It's over $2 billion, by the way, it costs to build. Okay, so we won't charge that. But I'm just no. saying you and I no. could do a listener cruise one night on, I don't know, like Tahoe or somewhere. Is there a cruise like around Saguaro McCormick, Lake? McCormick Ranch? Saguaro <laughs> Lake, maybe? <laughs> McCormick Ranch, yeah. The gondola's <laughs> at um, <laughs> the Hyatt. <laughs> That's about all we could draw, probably I'll, enough I'll, people. I'll, for, I'll, me, anyway. I'll float the idea to the suits you could, upstairs. Yeah, you could, you could fill the ship the here. idea, okay. Sounds good. Uh, how about the Super Bowl? Yes, what uh, about we can the talk Super about Bowl? that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I looked back to see, you know, if uh, the AFC or the NFC wins the Super Bowl, what is that good for the stock market? Yes. Well, if the uh, AFC wins, it says here that traditionally that would not necessarily be uh, good for the stock market, would create a bear market, uh, but an NFC team uh, would would be good for the market. But last year, AFC won, right? We had Kansas City win last year, yes. and the market did very well last year. So, again, I wouldn't put too much uh, stock, as it might be, uh, in <laughs> okay. you know that type of thinking and this statistic okay. versus other uh, important, maybe more important economic uh, statistics that would probably have an impact on stocks. Have you ever gone to a Super Bowl? You know, I have never been to a Super okay. Bowl, and I don't know if I really care. Yeah, because, I, I understand. Because, you know, I get to watch it at home and mm-hmm. have all the food I want and yeah. do whatever and not have to worry have about a parking. Have yeah. 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 So, but <laughs> I guess it would be kind of cool. I don't know. I, the most, uh, the closest I ever got to going to the Super Bowl was uh, watching the Super Bowl in Las Vegas with Ed Marinero. Do you remember him? He was. He played for the Vikings. I think he may have gone to a Super Bowl himself. He played in one, and he was on Hill Street Blues. He was hanging out oh, with us for no good okay. reason. Probably, it pretty, pretty low. If you're hanging out with me on the Super Bowl, I was only a hey. coach. Yeah, that's a that's a cool oh, name. Fun, I like that John. name. How yeah. fun! All right, brother.
All right. Well, sounds good. We'll talk tomorrow. Yep. Securities yep. and Advisory Services over the Creative One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. As you said, go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. You can request an appointment right there. You bet. Thanks. It's a good website. You're a good man. Thank you, John. Well, thank you. You bet. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show on this Tom Selleck's birthday, coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Now, Tom Selleck, I don't think was ever on that show, Charlie's Angels. You know what he He was on Taxi once. Do you know the show Taxi? Is that? I know it's before your time, so that's not an answer. You know what? Because okay. Lincoln was this before your time. This is something we need to discuss, Yes, because I, I'm not sure. I know a bit about Taxi. I also know there's there's like a Frasier connection in Taxi, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And I want to start watching Frasier, but I also know that there's a Cheers connection to Wait, Frasier. why is there a Frasier like, connection? Well, wait, what is Taxi? What are the spinoffs of Taxi, or what is Taxi spinoff from? You're thinking of Cheers. I'm thinking of Cheers, right? It's the spinoff. Frasier's the spinoff of Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, easy for okay, you to so, say. Okay, so Taxi's its own thing? Yeah, much earlier. All right, so forget about it then. Yeah, there were no spinoffs. Well, this was my build up to nothing. I'm trying to think if there is any kind of connection. I don't think there my, is. My, my, my question being, um, if I want to watch Frasier, because yeah. I'm in radio, yeah. and he's a radio guy. Yeah, a lot of TV shows about radio, aren't there? How do I, do I start with, do I start with Cheers? Do I no, have to watch no, all seasons no, of Cheers? No, none, zero. Cheers is absolutely much less the show than Frasier. One of the cases where the spinoff was funnier than the original. Frasier is one of the funniest shows ever, and it gets better each season, like Seinfeld did. It got better each season. It's one of the funniest. Well, our operations manager, Jeremy, was indicating to me that with my hair growing ever longer, I'm starting to look like season one Frasier. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> You're looking like season nine Niles, though. Is that good I or don't bad? Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They were accomplished Harvard-trained psychiatrists. These words don't, don't mean much to me. Yeah. No, Frasier is one of the funniest shows ever. So it's okay to watch it without having watched Tears. Yes. Because I've don't, never seen an episode you of don't, Cheers. You don't need – yeah. It, save yourself. It's not funny. Not it was good? funny in its time. Do we need to remove it from Bumper then? Is it that bad? No. The song was the best part of it. Oh. <laughs> um, it created a lot of uh, actors. It created Woody Harrelson, of <clears> course, <throat> and Ted Danson. Um Kirstie Alley. It made yeah, a lot of actors right. famous. She got her start on there. Yeah, and of course, Frazier himself, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Um, but no, it wasn't that funny. It was a game changer of a comedy show. We've had this conversation when sitcoms became game changers because the humor was a little bit different. It was a little bit of a different kind of show. It, um, it, it was, it, you know, a lot of those shows in the 70s, comedy shows were kind of low-hanging fruit if you go back and watch like barney miller or any of those sitcoms from the 70s bob newhart was a game-changing show the odd couple was a game-changing show but a lot of them were just kind of low-hanging fruit laughs cheers was not cheers was a game-changing show seinfeld friends these were game changers frazier was a game changer cheers was in its day but today it's just it doesn't hold up frazier does Good enough? Sure. Okay. Good enough for me. Happy to take complaints. Steve, you can complain on that or anything else you want. No, I was just going to add, Shelley Long was also on that show. She was a, yes, a great actress. But too, that went on did to... she do much after, though? Was she that popular? Yeah. Kirstie she, Alley she maybe funny, did better. She was a, yeah. She, she had some pretty funny movies that she was in. I, I remember that. But um, I, I liked her. I thought she was very talented. Yeah. Okay. Kirstie Alley uh, got 
hip after that show too. I think it made a lot of people famous. Cheers, dude. Yeah, yeah and uh, and Tom Selleck is in uh, Blue Bloods right now. I think that's his, his most current show, yes. right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's actually a pretty good show too. I've seen a few episodes of it. Yeah, the Jesse Stone shows good. were great. Did you ever watch the Jesse Stone shows? series no oh yeah fantastic no. there's about eight of them they're kind of like two-hour movies they're really good mm. yeah 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 uh you know i, I had a chance to while well, i was on while you were doing your break I had a oh, chance uh, yeah to you were talking, we were talking about the carrie lake jeff dewitt thing i wanted to address one other point about yeah. um your thinking uh, or your position that um it felt a little scripted uh, like she yep. knew what was coming. She yep. herself in interviews, Carrie Lake herself in interviews, said that Jeff DeWitt had called her saying, I'm in your neighborhood, I need to talk to you, can I stop by? But it right. can't be over the phone. She said when he said that, that kind of tipped her off that this was going to be something she'd want to be recording. Um, yeah. and And, you know, she may have had wind that there were interests that didn't want her running. Uh, she may have known that this was a possibility. I don't know. I don't think it makes it all that damaging if she did or didn't. Um, but I have had uh, – anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, no. Yeah, I, I – and and it just – like I said, it was just – when I listened to it, there wasn't a whole lot of surprise or oh, yeah, outrage. That was the point, right. or, and it just seemed like she was very matter-of-fact. Okay. No, I can't be bought. All right. And, you know, so – Let me ask, whereas, let me ask most, you to do this. Yeah, um, yeah. Because if there's anything I'm a student of, it's rhetoric. Uh, that's how I did speech writing for many years. Um, go online – and watch Carrie Lake. You could do this on whatever you use for video streaming, YouTube, whatever. And watch Carrie Lake and some a show on Showtime called The Circus. You don't have to have Showtime to see it. It's it's everywhere. It's like thirty minutes, and okay. you will see her with three very antagonistic political reporters going at her. Um, uh, hammer and tong and for a half hour she stands there unscripted calm as a pool of water i would suggest calmer and more poised than you or i would be under that kind of questioning certainly myself i'll speak for she's very skilled she is very skilled at keeping composure and very skilled at speaking off the cuff i have thrown Questions at her that I don't think she necessarily would have been prepared for that she can go several layers deep on. I, I, I'm just trying to say that did not surprise me. I, I, there's very few yeah. things you could raise with her that she wouldn't be able to calmly have a, a normal conversation about. And, you yeah. know, given what she's been put through, you know, if yeah. it's antagonistic, yeah. it's not going to knock her off her seat. I, I just none of it surprised oh, yeah. me. It just didn't. Yeah, so. Yeah, Seth, no, no question, and I, you and I are in complete agreement on that, and that's why you and I like her so much. I know she's a lightning rod. I know they're trying to do a Sarah Palin. They've been trying to do a Sarah Palin number on her ever since she reached the level that she did in, in, the, in the polls with, in, the, in the governor's race. And, but 
I go back to my other point that I was making. I, you know, is as good as she is. I and you brought up an interesting point too. I, I thought Kirsten Cinema, and I'm I'm guessing that she is going to run. I, I don't, don't know. My young uh, David, the producer, just well, sent me. I don't know. Lori Roberts is a columnist for the um, Arizona Republic. You probably know her name. She has a column just out today titled "Here's the Strongest Signal Yet That Sen- Senator Cinema Is Not Running Again." And get this sentence to your point earlier. Um, this I this it's an interesting sentence from Lori Roberts. Cinema trails a distant third in every public poll about the coming election. That's a hell of a sentence. Take a look at the column and uh, give us a buzz back. Thank you, buddy. Portions of the show brought to you by our good friends at Y Refi. They have a heck of an investment that really invests flexibility and control in you. There are absolutely no fees in this uh, investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio offered up by Y Refi. Total peace of mind because there's no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, you get your monthly statement with no surprises. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y. Then refy.com or give them a call at 888-YREFI24. With YREFI, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. InvestYREFI.com. There is a connection to Charlie's Angels and Tom Selleck. You ca- you is fa- there? Yeah, you said oh, it. Oh, yes, me. yes. I told you this yes, in the break. You found it. I figured it out. You figured it out. There is an ad for Dubonnet wine yes, that he did in 19, like vermouth. Yeah, 1972 with Farrah Fawcett. Just think, this guy was hanging out with Farrah Fawcett. In 1972. Before either of them were famous. I've never heard of Dubonnet wine, but I looked it up. It's, it was the Queen's favorite spirit. Guess who else? I don't know. Nelson Rockefeller. Oh, okay. So does that mean we have mixed feelings about it, all of it? All of it. <laughs> But if Tom Selleck and Farrah Fawcett are into it, you so know, it's, it's, yeah, it's even Steven. That, no, it. I think it's a plus factor. I think it puts it in the plus category. It puts net it positive. Plus and net positive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are doing this great event. Nine sixty. The Patriot is. You just heard the ad for it. We're bringing in Mike Gallagher and Brandon Tatum, and me. I will. Um, the three of us will be on stage taking Q and A with you, talking about the election, uh, fight for freedom. You can get tickets at nine sixty. The Patriot. It's on. It's at uh, Arizona Christian University on March 26th, and uh, we're not uh, making it too big because we want to maximize uh, interaction with the audience. And we um, we're doing a weekly ticket giveaway. Um, so um, if you want to enter to win a free pair of tickets, you can email Young David. His name is David Dahl. So his email is d Dahl d o l l at SalemPHX.com, ddoll at SalemPHX.com. Just put in three Fs in the subject line, fight or fighting for freedom, which is what we're calling the event, and just put in, uh, what, their name? That's enough, right, for now? And, then, and we'll do a drawing at the end of the week. We got a winner from last week. Yes, we got a winner from last week. We contacted that winner. We will be contacting you by email. If you are a, a winner. A week from today. Yeah. If you are Friday's winner. Yeah, we'll do one every Friday. And if you are not enticed by the aleatory exercises, go to 960thepatriot.com 
and purchase your own tickets. It'll be great to see you there. 602-508-0960 is our number. Open lines. Anything on your mind? We're here for you. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 